Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Welcome to the Podglomerate. For everything that you were too afraid to ask at home, too embarrassed to ask at school, or was just too hard to ask your partner, welcome to the Sex Wrap. Hey everybody and welcome back to the Sex Wrap. You're here today with Andrew and the absolutely amazing Spring. And we're here to answer your questions about sex, relationships, love, the internet, anything at all. Like uh, we love chatting about sex with all of you and thank you for being with us over the last six years. Um, when we started this project, uh, we didn't know how long it would last and we still have thousands of your questions. So thank you for submitting them. Keep submitting them. We love to hear from you. I'd like to hear from Spring. How are you today? I'm so good. I'm so good. And you know, I'm also kind of a little nervous for this episode. Um, you know, we've been, we're not going to even tell you exactly what yet. I just want to say first that this is an episode we've been trying to record for three years. Three and years. We talk yeah. about it every week for three every years. Week we're like, we should do this episode. And then um, it feels scary. It feels hard. It feels like there's a lot of big emotions also that come along with this. And so we've not done this episode for a long time. And so I feel a little nervous right now too, actually. I feel a little nervous to uh, get into this topic. So that's where I am. I mean, it, it's a it's an important topic. Uh, and this is one of the few questions that did not come directly from a listener. So this is a question that Spring and I think is just really important because of conversations that we've had in our life. Um, and I think before we get into it, I think it's important to let people know um, that we're going to be digging into some really sensitive topics. We're going to be talking about sexual assault. We're going to be going to be talking about rape. Um, so we just want to make sure that uh, you know before we get into the topic today um, that you know make sure that you're in a safe space or make sure that you're in a good headspace because um, we want to be here with you talking about a really important topic, uh, but we don't want you know to spring it on somebody. So if this isn't a good time for you, we're just going to pause and chat about some other stuff before we get into the questions. So you can either fast forward this episode or make sure you're in a space where you feel safe to have a conversation with us about sexual assault and rape. You said spring it on them. <laughs> spring it on them. That's what we're doing. You know. All right. Um, but I hope everyone's having an absolutely amazing November. I am really, truly thankful to be here with all of you. I'm thankful for consent. I do thankfulness every day. Um, Spring, did you know that I do a grateful gratitude thankfulness journal? Yeah, you talk about it all the time. 
I do, because I think it's really important. Um, it's how I stay upbeat and happy and positive in a world that sometimes looks not those kind of things. Actually, it's one of the few scientifically proven ways to get your head in a permanent positive headspace. So highly recommend everybody just get a little journal, like sitting here on my desk right now. Um, you can't see them, but I can show spring like I have three full ones. Um, so I have um an e-gratitude journal that I used to do every day, but I haven't done in a while, but, um, it was an app on my phone, which I also really liked because it would also, I need to turn the reminders back on because I stopped doing it. I think so at some point the reminders stopped. <laughs> yeah. So, so no. gratitude though, if you don't know, you write three very small, short things down or I, me three small, short things. And I change it up a little bit every day as well. Um, and that means like now the thing in my life that I'm going through, I'm like, oh, I'm thankful for that. Oh, I'm thankful for that. Like all of the good things that are happening in my life, even tiny, 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 tiny good things. Like today I went for a walk around campus and there is an orange bench and it had like a lizard that looked fake. It looked like Ulta black, you know, like oh, that I fake. Oh, I love those. But it was like black, black, black. It was the blackest lizard I'd ever seen in my life. And I turned around and looked at it and I'm like, I love living in Miami. It's just like the the stuff that you get to see. I'm sure it was an invasive species. I'm sure it's not supposed to be here, but it really made my uh, afternoon walk. All right, enough time. So today our topic is, was it rape, right? And, and that question is coming from a place of, there's a lot of people who have been in situations throughout their life. And we're going to talk about a lot of different examples that have been submitted through social media Um but uh, like people don't realize in the moment, right? Or something changes. I mean, I'm not going to keep going. Let's just talk about some of the situations. Um, and then we're going to talk about some things that can be done about it as well, right? So today we're going to be ask talking about the question. I don't know if we're going to have a definitive answer by the end of an episode, but we're going to be kind of struggling with how to answer this question. Was it rape? And so I think that uh, the first thing I want to say is, this is a question that a lot of people have when they're thinking about a past experience. And it can be a really scary question to grapple with because it can change your perspective on a lot of things. And it can really, you know, affect your mental state and your relationships with other people. And so this is a really serious question. And it's one that people face over and over. And so that's why we think it's so important to talk about, you know, these reflections on past experiences and kind of um, how to tease these things out. We'll talk just, you know, about a lot of examples and talk about some of the um, reasons why people might um, realize something is rape later. And and we're just going to like offer all of these different experiences as a way for you to really understand the issue. And then we'll offer some resources at the end of the show as well. Yeah. And I do think it's really important to say that um, just because you have a bad hookup, it doesn't make it sexual assault or rape, right? Just because someone is really bad at sex, it doesn't make it sexual assault or rape. It could be, right? But we're saying today, like we're talking about specific examples Um so just like it's important for us to build some context about it, even though we might talk about some of those issues as we're going into examples and then like some of the reasons why. Um, right. Just because sex is bad or you didn't have a good time or you didn't like it or you realize after the fact that the person was terrible, that their penis was too big, that their vagina was too smelly, that their breath was bad, whatever it was. Right. Like that doesn't necessarily put it in that category. We're talking about things a little bit more explicitly and we're going to try to tell you like how to 
maybe figure these things out or why people figure them out later. But it's typically not those kind of things. Um, yeah. All right. So do you want to start with the first example, Spring? Okay. So um, this is an example that someone said that they realized was rape later. They said when he wanted to do something and I didn't, and he literally pestered me about it for an hour until I did it. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, we talked about coercive sex uh, on the last two episodes about consent, right? Um, so coercive sex means that someone just keeps you know, pestering you and begging you and bringing it up and asking again and again and again and essentially wearing you down to the point where you're like, fine, whatever. And you do it just to make them shut up, right? To get it, it to stop. And in this case, right, we, we call that coercive sex because you've been coerced into an act that you didn't want to do. And if you're having sex and you don't want to, right, pretty much the definition of rape or sexual assault in that case. And this is one of those sticky situations because, you know, someone might consent at the end of it, or it might feel like consent, right? At the end, you're, you're like, okay, finally, fine, sure, okay, because you want to. And once someone says those words, right, once they give in, at the time, it usually feels like, okay, you know, I just did it because I felt like I had to. And they might not realize for weeks or months, years, or even decades later, like, holy crap, I was in the situation with this person, probably in a relationship with this person. I probably thought I loved this person. And they don't realize until much, much, much later, right, that what was happening inside of that relationship is that they were being forced into having sex with someone when they didn't want to have it. And when we talk about that, right? And all of the other situations in our life, if you're being forced into sex with somebody, that's pretty much how we define rape, right? So that pestering, constant coercion is a way that we see rape and sexual assault pretty frequently. And you can also start to think about, like, we're talking here about like this realizing later. So in the moment, somebody like said no so many times, and then they finally just said yes to get this over with, to get out of the situation or to get it over with in whatever way so that they could go on with whatever they else they wanted to do with their lives. And so if somebody is thinking to themselves like, oh, I said yes, it's my fault, then they could stay in that headspace until someone else sometimes points that out to them that they didn't actually freely give consent to that, right? So you can start to understand why it might come up later because it could be they watch a movie where this happens and they're like, oh, that happened to me. Or they hear someone else talking about their experience and they realize, oh, that happened to me. So it's this idea that sometimes someone is just going to blame themselves for what's happened. They're going to accept the responsibility for that when it wasn't their responsibility, when they didn't actually freely give consent. So we're just going to keep going through these. We're going to offer some other situations and talk about how how this could be something that was realized later. I mean, and I really want to, like Spring mentioned, like, you know, your friends are talking about it or you hear someone else's story or you're on Instagram or Twitter and you see a post about this. Like, that's when this comes up most of the time. And I think 
a lot of the time it's so normalized uh, in relationships, you know, for somebody to be begging constantly and somebody to be saying no, that it feels normal. Right. And we see this happen in media. We see it happen in television shows and movies. We see it happen in YouTube videos where people, you know, are pestering the other person for sex. And it almost feels like it's normal. It feels like it's okay. And it takes that realization later where someone really reflects on that moment and they're like, oh my gosh, that is not okay. Right. And it's that that's what we're talking about today. That realization at a later point where this event that just seems like kind of normal in your life isn't. Right. And it's not OK. And, and, and there's a lot of other situations. Um, and I, I mean, another example that popped up uh, in, in the social media was my ex used to persuade me into having sex when I didn't want to by saying I was bad at sex and needed to practice with him. That's like mm-hmm. gaslighting. That's coercion. That's manipulation. Right. Like and as soon as you use any of those words, right, if someone's manipulating you into having sex with him, will you? you right? Manipulating you into having sex. That's a kind of sexual assault or rape. Another way that we see it all the time that's really similar is like, but don't you love me, right? People will manipulate somebody's emotions or like weaponize love into having sex with someone. And anytime any of those things happen, right? Like if you really loved me, you'd have sex with me. Like, no, if you really loved me, you'd respect my boundaries and ask me questions about like, What's going on in my life outside of sex? And if I said, no, I'm not interested, you'd respect that as well. Um, But these happen really frequently. Um, All of these kinds of persuasion or manipulative techniques, especially these emotionally manipulative techniques. And a lot of the times when people notice that they've been sexually assaulted or raped in the future, it's not that kind of violent sexual assault that we, we think is normal or that we see in the media, right? It's this very different kind of sort of passive interrelationship conversational uh, manipulation and coercion that happens. And yeah, I mean, when we're talking about these um, different types of coercion, I think, you know, one type of coercion that that first example that we gave where someone like wears you down, where they ask over and over and over and over and over and over and over in like one, you know, in the space of one evening or one day or something like that's, that is, definitely a type of coercion, but there's a lot of types of coercion. And so it could be like someone had um, some power over you in some way, like it's an employer or a professor or, you know, anybody that like is uh, above you in some way. Right. And they have some type of power differential. Like that's another form of coercion or like we were just talking about here, like this, um, threatening with like love or like this abilities, you know, saying that like, uh, you need to practice. Like these are, these are all different types of coercion. And there's so many types of coercion that people can use. And, and all of them are the same when we're talking about this, they're, they're all equal to rape. They're all coercion. None in none of those instances do you have the ability to freely give your will and say yes because there's some type of coercion present. Right. You're not using that enthusiastic yes means yes consent. You're not using that no means no consent. You're using the uh just stop version of non-consent. All right. So we need to take a short break. We'll be right back and we'll keep talking about some of these examples of was it rape? Thank you. 
All right, everybody. So today on The Sex Wrap, we're talking about a sensitive topic, just making sure that everybody knows um, it's sensitive, but for me, it's so human and so common. And that's why Spring and I need to talk about it today. It, that, uh, like, And I mean, I hate the word trigger warning surrounding it because I think that we need to normalize these conversations instead of the coercive ones that we were just talking about. Um, all right. So there's a lot of other things that we can talk about uh, that people might realize later. Um, there are several comments uh, that I, I think that are really important about like people not respecting boundaries. Like my ex finished inside me after telling him not to. Um, and I've talked about this on multiple episodes as well. When we talk about consent, right, you're consenting to a specific behavior in a specific way. And if someone violates that along the way, it's definitely rape. And depending on where you are in the United States, this example is defined as rape or sexual assault in most parts of the United States. If you say, I'm going to have sex with you with a condom, and then someone knowingly takes that condom off partway through and finishes without it, I mean, A, they're an asshole. I don't swear very frequently, but yes, they're an asshole because they're putting you at risk. They're putting themselves at risk. There's a risk of STDs. There's a risk of pregnancy. Um, and this is 100% rape. And often people don't notice it until later. They're just like, oh, crap. Now I have to deal with this. I have to go get some plan B. Not in the mood to deal with messy cleanup afterwards. But 100% in this case, if this happens, it is the definition of sexual assault. It is the definition of rape. Yeah. And I mean, I think that when we're talking about consent, we're talking about, you know, consent for all different types of acts. And so it could be, you know, it doesn't just have to be consent for the very first thing that you're doing, right? You have to consent to everything all along the way. So if you consent to having vaginal sex and you are a vagina owner and you consent to having a penis uh, have sex inside of your vagina, that doesn't mean that you're consenting to anything else that happens after that, right? So the consent has to be freely given for all specific acts. And so that's another sexual act. And so if you did not consent to that, then yes, that's rape again. I mean, it, it and people don't realize it until much later, until they're having this conversation. Now, if you're listening to this episode today and you've realized that there are events in your past that were rape or sexual assault and you need to talk to somebody, there are a lot of resources out there. And the number one is RAIN. Um, it's R-A-I-N-N.org. Um, and we're going to put some links in the show notes as well. But I just want to put that out there as we're going through the episode. Like, you know, if you need to turn it off and talk to somebody about what happened because you've had that realization, um, it's important to get that kind of help. Talk to a friend, call someone else. Um, but this is really, really common as well, right? At the, at all of my female friends and most of my gay male friends at some point in their life have been in one of these situations where something has happened where, you know, they ended up having sex in a way and they're like, eh, that wasn't really what I wanted. Um, and at the time, they didn't think about it that way, but they realized much later that, oh my gosh, I was in a situation where I didn't really give the consent to what was happening. Uh, and it is rape, right? All right. Are there any other examples that you really want to talk about today, uh, Spring? Um, I'm just going to like give an overview. I mean, we have so many of these examples um, and I'm just going to get an overview of several others. So there's a lot that are um, 
you know, people were so drunk that they didn't Mm -hmm. remember Mm -hmm. things happening. Um, so they were blacked out. And so, uh, those, they were not able to give consent for. Um, and there are ones when people realize that they were too young to give consent. Um, and ones where people realize that, um, they were pressured in other ways to give consent. So there's, you know, it's, it's all, that people weren't able to give consent and they are figuring this out at some later date because something is uh, bringing this up for them again. I mean, that that meme in society that you just buy somebody one more drink, right? Like, well, have one more drink. Like, I'll buy you one more drink. And it's done under the premise of, you know, if you get more drunk, you'll have sex with me. I mean, there's that horrible Christmas song, Baby, It's Cold Outside, and they talk about Baby, Have One More Drink. Like, That's a song about getting somebody drunk enough so that they'll engage in a behavior that they don't want to engage in, right? And and it's just so common in society to see all of that. If someone has ever bought you one more drink to try to convince you to have sex with them and you didn't really want to, and then you got a little tipsy and you did, that's rape or sexual assault, right? And there's just a million of these kind of examples Um, If you are, depending on where you live in the United States, I like that example of age that Spring brought up as well. Um, Like if you are under a certain age, you can't give consent, right? And those laws are there to protect you, to prevent older people from coercing you into having sex. Because they're in a situation of power over you again. And and the one other thing I want to bring up is... um, is like this idea of talking about different types of activities that people consent to or not. And there is a lot of examples also of people, um, of partners, uh, forcing a specific sexual activity that they prefer that their partner doesn't on them. And so, Mm -hmm. and because, because someone is thinking, yeah, I like having sex with them, but they like doing a different sexual activity. They're thinking like, oh, this can't be rape. But then they realize later Yeah, it is because I wasn't consenting to these activities. And so it's also that, um, you know, this uh, we're we're really advocating, you know, every sexual act um, needs to have consent. And just because you like a certain act with someone, um, if they are forcing you to do another act with them, then yeah, even if you love that person, even if you love doing another sexual activity with them, then yeah, that's why that feels so uncomfortable to you. It's because you are being coerced against your will and you're not able to give your free consent. And that's that's the thing that really happens in a lot of these situations when people, for some reason, and we're going to talk about these reasons in a minute after this next break, um, there's this thing that happens where people are not realizing it's sexual assault or rape because they have other reasons that they're saying it, oh, it, it couldn't be because this, it couldn't be because that, you know? And that's another reason why these are not realized until later. And so I think that's the next thing we really want to talk about is why, why are people not knowing that this is sexual assault or rape in the moment? And I mean, I think probably one of the most powerful reasons why is that people don't like to think of themselves as victims. People don't like to view themselves as someone who is abused. Um, And when that happens, often we push trauma down, we get rid of it, like, oh, that didn't happen to me, or I'm not a survivor, or I wasn't a rape 
I wasn't. So we take a lot of those different kinds of trauma and we sort of pack them down and put them away so we don't have to think about it or deal with it and everything's fine and my girlfriend still loves me and everything's okay inside of the situation. And in many of these cases and a lot of the examples we've talked about, and there are many more that we could talk about, um, it's about, you know, I don't want to deal with that trauma now because I'm not in that situation. I don't want to feel guilty. I don't want to feel judged. I don't want to feel shamed. I don't want stigma in my life. And with that, you know, we 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 put lots of traumas away, or Spring says traums. Um, <laughs> we put traums away. We pack them down, and they don't come back until later. Um, and the really sad thing about, you know, pushing our traumas down or compartmentalizing trauma is that it all comes back eventually, right? Eventually, we all have to deal with it. And it's just thinking about when and how we deal with it. But we have to be careful with those traumas because they they come back and it's discovered later. Um, there's a lot of other reasons why uh, we don't discover it till later as well. Yeah, but and we'll, we need to take a short break and we'll talk about some of these other reasons on the other side. All right, everybody. Welcome back to our episode today. Episode today. Yikes. <laughs> Welcome back to our episode. Today we're talking about, um, was it rape, right? So people in retrospect, thinking back to previous experiences, figuring out later things that happened to them were probably rape or sexual assault. And we're talking about some of the reasons why it was discovered later. So we were just talking about how we push down our trauma in our lives. Um, but there are a lot of other reasons why people don't identify events as rape or sexual assault until later. Yeah. So sometimes, um, you know, it's just so inconceivable that, you know, that someone that you're in a relationship with or someone that you really trust or someone that you love could do something against your consent that they could break that um, trust that you have with them. And I think I... I think that's one of the really big ones, just, you know, from uh, people that I've talked to and kind of uh, hearing people's experiences. It's like, oh, that couldn't be rape because, you know, we're in a relationship or because I love that person or whatever. And I think it's really, it is really hard to um, be able to identify those acts as rape and to, and then to figure out how to move on if you're still in a relationship with that person, or if you still want to be in a relationship with that person. And, and I think that, I mean, I think that it's possible to move past those things. If you have a partner who has, um, forced some type of sex on you, um, it's definitely possible if they've, you know, done something, that you can, that if you think you can move past that, but it is, that's like a situation definitely to take to a therapist and to like, to talk about with someone else and to, you know, start to understand how it's affected you and how it's affected the relationship. Um, but I think, you know, that's a really big reason that we don't want to like reflect on, on something that we might just kind of categorize as uncomfortable, or we might categorize as, I just don't want to think about that and it'll be okay. But if we start to dive into it, it, it becomes apparent that it's something we have to, 
anything that feels uncomfortable, we have to talk about. That's well, that's the main thrust of it. And this is coupled with a lot of the other like big issues that we talk about on the sex rap um, over the last five or six years. Um, and and th- for me, this is really coupled with the way that the media presents what rape and sexual assault look like. Right? We learn about it from like television shows like NCIS, um, where it's this big traumatic experience where someone jumps out of a bush and pulls someone down, or like super super drunk or scary, or there's a gun to somebody's head. And rape does happen in those contexts. But for most people, rape is not this crazy experience, especially when it's you're recalling something from your past, right? Like, it's not this big, scary, traumatic moment most of the time. It's an understanding of events that happened that were traumatic to you in the past, but not in that big, scary way. Um, And like Spring said, it's because, you know, if you trust somebody, if you love somebody, they would never do that to you. And it doesn't have that big, scary, you know, dark alley sort of media portrayal of rape as well. So it's kind of an awareness that our lives aren't what's portrayed in the media as well. People don't jump at, out at you. Uh, rape happens most of the time, somebody that you know. It could be a friend or a friend of a friend or a family member or a best friend or, you know, like just it's us understand having a better understanding of our relationships, the people around us um, and that understanding later on in our life that, you know, some of those relationships were probably pretty unhealthy. And we do push that trauma down as well. But it's really hard for us, especially if we're still in a relationship with the person, to say those kind of words and to recover from those kind of words. I think another reason that a lot of times we might not realize um, something was rape in the moment is other people have a perception of it that um, that they tell you and they kind of um, force that opinion on you in some way. Um, I know one time when I had been raped and I, the first person I went and told about it, they said to me, well, why did you let him do that to you? And they framed it in this way that, you know, that it was my fault and that I shouldn't have been in that situation in some way. I'm I'm so sorry that you had someone that you trusted that said something that you, you confided with trust in spring and they came back with that kind of blame, um, blaming you for that experience. I think an important lesson for everybody out there is if someone ever comes to you with one of these experiences, you know, immediately after the fact or 10 years after the fact, right? It's your job as a friend to just listen and be supportive of that person. Um, and, and I mean, and spring, you're hitting on another one of those really big reasons why people discover it later. Um, And there's a lot of women out there, mostly women, I'm sure there's some men as well, who didn't fight back, right? Like they just didn't scream, they didn't kick, they didn't claw um, for a lot of different reasons that people don't do that. Often if someone's in a traumatic situation, they shut down or if someone's really afraid or they're like, I think I love, is this my boyfriend? You know, there's all of those kind of rationales that go on. um, But just because someone doesn't physically fight back or scream or yell for help, it doesn't make it not rape. Right. There's a ton of different reasons why that doesn't happen inside of those contexts, which is one of those reasons why I'm, I, I try to be really careful when someone comes to me and talks about these sort of issues. Right. Like Spring said, she went to her friend after she had been in a traumatic situation and her friend went around and blamed it on Spring. 
Um, and we need to be really careful with those kind of perceptions. And we know that this happens. I mean, this happens so many times. We, um, one of the, I want to share one more example of that because I think, um, uh, I, th- I just think that um, it's worth sharing. One of the one one of the examples that we had um, from social media was somebody saying um, that she was telling the story of how she cheated on her boyfriend um, by being manipulated into getting drunk and waking up with a man on top of her. And her friend was like, "You were blacked out. That's not cheating. That's assault." But she said her boyfriend at the time had convinced her that she cheated on him. And so, you know, she's having these other people tell her what this experience was. And then that's how it's been framed in her mind. And so when, you know, this, uh, frame of references given to someone, especially someone who is in a state of trauma, they can really just lean into that and believe it, right? Because they are in a very vulnerable place. So, I think, you know, that just reemphasizes Andrew's previous point of whenever someone comes to you with a story and they're being open with you and talking with you about this, whether it's your partner or your friend or a family member, whoever it is. And I think it can be especially hard when it's your partner, because like in this instance of the story, you know, the, the boyfriend is feeling his own emotions, you know, he's like, He's like, what the heck? How did this happen? And like, he's probably feeling traumatized and he probably had to frame it in that way of his girlfriend cheating on him so that he didn't have to deal with that trauma of his girlfriend being raped. You know what I mean? So there's a lot of, um, a lot of emotions on all sides of this. And when, when someone comes to you, it can be really hard to put your emotions aside and your like pain and empathy that you're feeling for this person, but, but you need to prioritize their well-being in that instance. I mean, the entire culture we have around rape is not about consent, right? It's not about support. It's a very blame-based culture where either, where people are either trying to like get rid of blame for somebody or they're trying to blame the victim themselves, right? So it's this really weird headspace that the entire society of the United States, and I'm sure many other countries, is in where instead of ever directly addressing it or trying to make it better, you're either trying to blame the victim or you're trying to take the person who committed the rape and make them absolved of any of the blame. Um, It's just a really bad situation that we're in overall. And that's why people often don't realize it until later. I think there's a really important thing we need to talk. And this is about that feminine gender role that we've talked about many times over the last five or six years, um, where women are sort of taught to say that it's not that bad or that other people have it worse, right? Or they'll compare a situation to something worse, like, oh, well, you know, at least you loved him or, oh, well, at least this didn't happen or, oh, well, like as soon as someone's putting at least in front of a, a comment, It means that they're sort of othering you. They're sort of sympathizing instead of empathizing. And I think that's what Spring was getting at. In uh, a situation where someone's revealing a traumatic experience about your past, their past, it's your job to empathize. It's to sit there. It's to try to connect with them on the emotion that they're sharing. It's not to sympathize, right? So you should not be telling people 
what they should feel. You should be telling people that it's not that bad. You should not be telling somebody that it's okay. In the moment, it's just important to listen to them. It's not your job to give advice either, right? You can't make it better in the moment other than being supportive of that other person. Unless you're a trained sex therapist, right? Then you can send us your information and we'll publish you uh, in the the notes for this episode. No, just kidding. But if you're a licensed sex therapist, then you're somebody who can actually help somebody through these sort of issues. If you're a friend, it's your job to just be supportive. You're not supposed to offer solutions. You're not supposed to, you know, try to make it better in the moment by like saying like, oh, at least this didn't happen or making something a worst case scenario. Um, All of those actually make trauma worse for people. They relive the trauma and then they might feel shame at sharing it with you as well. And the last things that you want to do is to add additional stigma or shame to somebody who's come to the realization that they've lived through a sexual assault or rape. All right. Are there any other reasons? Um, any other I, example? This is this, I'm so, exhausted. Yeah. <laughs> this episode has been three years in the making, and we we have you know hundreds of examples that we could go through. I don't think that we need to do that though. Yeah, I mean, I I think you know the main. I, I, it's like, there's so many kind of, you know, like side points that we're kind of like tapping into here and like bringing up for people to consider. And like, you know, it's like, it's, it's a whirlwind of things kind of that we're trying to cover. And, um, and I, I think that my like main take home that I really want to give people is, you know, we always talk about believing survivors, but like believe them no matter when the instance occurred. And I think that it's, um, sometimes people don't give as much weight to experiences that were longer ago because they're like, Oh, why didn't you bring it up earlier? Or, um, or why didn't you ever talk about it until now? And, and, you know, we just gave you like all these reasons why someone might not have even realized something, or they might not have been ready to talk about it. Also, there's several reasons, you know, that they might not have brought it up yet. So, um, I just want to emphasize, like, listen to the survivor. And I just want to add that, you know, no matter when the instance occurred. Yeah. That's really, really important. Um, Oh, I just thought of one more really important reason. Can I can I do one more? Okay, one more. One more. I mentioned boundaries at the very beginning. Um, and there are a lot of times whenever, you know, you're having nice sex with somebody and we all have boundaries about sex and hopefully you've listened to our previous episodes. Maybe you have a sex menu. Maybe you've gotten really good at sexual communication. Be like, I want ABC, I don't want DE. Or I really want D, but I don't want, whatever it is, right? Like you've communicated. One of the ways that a lot of the time people don't realize is that their boundaries have been crossed in a way in the act where they feel kind of ucky about it or uncomfortable, as Spring said, but they're like, okay, fine. Um, At any time, if you have an explicit boundary, if you've discussed it, if you've talked about it, and then somebody crosses that boundary, right? Um, That's rape or sexual assault, right? Because you've not consented to what 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 they're 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 trying to do. So part of this should be working on your own sexual boundaries, right? Talking about them, talking about why they need to be respected, but also asking other people what theirs are as well. Work on really being explicit and verbal, right? Um we've we had an episode pretty recently about vibing. I think vibing is one of the big problems, right? You can't read someone's vibe um anyway. 
just be really thoughtful about those boundaries. And, and sometimes people don't realize until much later that there are pretty significant issues with boundaries as well. All right. We're going to put some resources in the notes. If you have listened to this episode and uh, you're feeling pretty upset, make sure that you reach out to someone close that you can trust. Um, If not, there's the National Rain Hotline. We'll put the phone number in the notes as well to make sure that you can get some help. Um, And remember that this is really, really, really common, right? Like just incredibly, phenomenally common. I am pretty sure that if you talked to, you know, 10 of your female friends that are in their 20s or 30s, that probably nine out of those 10 have experienced sexual assault or rape in one of the different kinds of examples that we've talked about today. So be kind, empathize with people, and and sit back and believe them when they share these kind of stories. Yeah, and I hate the word story. When they share these kind of facts about their life. There we go. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Do you have anything else that you want to add to the end of the episode today, Spring? Um, we believe you. And if you reach out to talk to somebody and they don't believe you, um, try again, talk to someone else. Um, definitely check our resources that we're posting. Definitely um, go to the RAIN website. And um, I, I just want to say, yeah, if somebody doesn't believe you, reach out to someone else because um there will be somebody who can support you. Absolutely. All right. Well, thank you for listening today, everybody. We know this was a really serious topic, but it's really important that we start having these broad conversations about consent, right? All month we've been talking about consent and it's important. All right. So if you have any questions about this episode or any follow-up questions or any questions at all about sex or sexual health or relationships, we'd love to hear from you. You can call us at 413-I-RAP-IT. You can send us an email. We're the sexwrap at gmail.com. That's rap with a W. And you should definitely check out our social media. We're the sexwrap on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Thanks for listening, everyone. Bye. For everything that you were too afraid to ask at home, too embarrassed to ask at school, or just two of music for this episode provided by the ever elusive and mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. The Podglomerate, a sonic universe.